You have the American dream. You own your own business. But owning a business turns out to be more than you thought. It's a pain in the neck. You're not getting where you want to go. You're not getting what you want to get. And you're working 97 hours a week. We're here to help you fix that. This is the Small Business Celebration Podcast. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and on this podcast, you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Before we begin our interview with this week's successful small business visioneer, I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener, for helping Small Business Celebration reach a significant milestone. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're about to hear of an example of why. 1,500 plus small business owners connect with Small Business Celebration on a weekly basis. When you consider Kern County has just over 10,000 small businesses, 1,500 plus weekly connections is a big deal. We want to thank the tremendous content that our Visioneer guests continue to provide to this podcast, our sponsors, and you, Visioneer Nation, who have subscribed to this podcast, internalized our guests' valuable insight, and because of it are growing a strong and profitable business. And we thank you. Today, our guest is Dr. John Heydrich of MDVIP, and he is doing things a little bit different. Well, not just a little bit different, but quite a bit different than most medical practices here in Bakersfield and Kern County. And welcome to the show. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about, very briefly, the differences between a traditional medical practice and then what MDVIP does. Well, MDVIP is exclusively for primary care physicians. Mm -hmm. So it is a national network, and I'm affiliated with that network. Mm -hmm. And my patients are part of that national network of patients. Mm -hmm. So this works to benefit the patient and the doctor. And the decision-making into going into this and traditionally what is different uh, about MDVIP is the nature of the practice is much more focused on the patient. That's mm. probably the single biggest difference. Everybody says their doctor should be focused on them, but this is actually reality. The standard doctor does about, on average, it's 2,300 patients in a practice. Mm. And any MDVIP practice will be under 600 patients. That's wow. 600 is the maximum. Wow. And so when you look at that, uh, I'll tell you the, the biggest way I could probably simplify what that difference is. I had a school teacher once mm -hmm. question me about this. And I said, look, how many students are in your class? 30. And it's driving her nuts because she's having problems with a few of the students and they're taking all the time. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, okay, I actually started with 6,000 plus patients, if mm -hmm. you can believe that. Wow. So it was rather huge for Kern County. I mm -hmm. came from a very large practice. And now to be under 600. So ask that teacher, instead of 30, would your classroom be any better if you only had three students? And that's kind of what I did. The wow. attention is on those three students. In mm -hmm. this case, it's my patients. And, and so on top of it, MDVIP puts in – it's a membership-based practice. So you're a member, and you have these membership benefits. And the biggest one is probably the wellness exam. So mm -hmm. I do a big comprehensive review that takes an hour and a half to two hours every year. And it includes testing that is really world-class testing. Uh, some of the things that I do, there are very few doctors in Bakersfield who do this. And it's it's actually been really helpful for our patients in reducing their disease risk and identifying disorders that you may catch years and years earlier. 
So the difference is instead of 15, 20 minutes for your initial exam, with the most physicians, you're taking it an hour and a half. Well, there's an, that's the annual wellness exam. Right. My regular visits, which we still bill to your insurance and such, are 30 minutes. Now, I have been in work environments where you're re- literally going to be cramming in patients. You might see four or five patients in that half hour. Wow. And it's because you're adding them on. And you're, the economics and the business model of current medicine has forced this to happen. Right. My patients don't want to do that. So they have decided to become a member. There's a membership fee that goes with this mm-hmm. that that helps absorb some of that so you don't have to do that. You walk in my lobby, as you probably did today, and you look at – there's a little couch area and some comfy chairs and things, and it's not meant to be cushy. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be comfortable, but we don't let you sit there very long. You're literally <laughs> going to be – yeah, you won't be sitting in our lobby for more than a couple of minutes. And I have patients who are here simply because of that reason. Right. I don't waste their time. We get you in on time. We get you out on time. I can see patients on a same-day appointment basis all the time. If not, if you call too late in the day, maybe it'll be the next day. But it never drags on this three weeks till I can get to see my doctor thing. And so, and it's always me. Unfortunately, you're stuck with me. I don't have any, <laughs> no other physicians here, and we don't have any other associates like nurse practitioners or PAs. This is a doctor-only office. So, And one of the other things that I noticed, because this is a doctor-only office, is that when you walked in, all the artwork is painted by your wife. Yeah. Now that, my wife would probably be a little embarrassed and maybe horrified to hear that. But I love <laughs> I love her artwork. She paints and she's done all kinds of coursework with an art club shop downtown and with various classes with things that are sponsored by different artists and associations around town and just sort of experimented. But she does a lot, if you notice, a lot with color and mm, things. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and there's really not a set style. It's all kinds of different stuff. And it looks like, who are all these artists? <laughs> and But it's all painting. And I, I just took all the best stuff from our house and put it in my office. So uh, the things that I like the most. So And it, the, yeah, patients do like it. They're always asking, who is this? And I go, that's my wife, who is also uh, my operations manager in the office. She's not here today, but she's she's here Probably just a couple days a week now. It's been nice that she doesn't have to be here as often. One of the other things that I noticed about this office when I first walked in was how tranquil this office is, where a lot of other physicians that you go visit or hospitals are very sterile. Why is that important to you? Well, the concept, it really gets back to what is an MDVIP practice. Mm -hmm. It is about the patient. So does a patient want a sterile, hostile environment with rude people and lots of chaos and being wait forever and uh, get a five-minute appointment? That's horrible. That's not really good care. Good care is the opposite of that. So we tend to do the opposite of what everybody else is forced to do. Low volume, patient-focused, make it comfortable, make it nice-looking, make it be like what people would want to walk into – And because it's a customer service-focused practice and because we do higher-end quality services, we do better communication with our patients, I have the best staff you can hire anywhere. That was deliberate. (laughs) Um, And I'll tell you – I might as well mention this now. What is my business model for how I hire people who have worked here? Because I have incredible loyalty. How many employers can say they have the basically the same employees for the past since you started your business? And that's what you're looking at here. Um, 
It's because I hire based on that same principle of it's about the patient. And what I've learned in my years of, a, of being a doctor is that you want to be customer-focused by hiring only good people. That's obvious, but I'm talking about nice people. You can hire someone and train them to do a job, but you cannot train someone to be nice. And, and so I, that's one of my mandates. You must be a really super nice person because my, my patients love my, my uh, employees. They look at this as a vital part of the business model. And, and I've rewarded my employees for that as well. When we do a great job, they're going to get a little piece of the pie. So, um, and it's, it's been a nice model to do that because I've been frustrated in working as a doctor in the opposite environment. So I've kind of gone full circle in my career and, and here I am at, in the smallest practice in town with the best practice in town. At Claro Tire Company, we know that you want to be safe and secure riding on tires from a family who cares about your family as much as we care for our own. In order to do that, you need quality tires from a family you trust. The problem is, is that there are a hundred different national tire stores in town and their buying process is a chore and they treat you like a faceless number. We believe that you and your family are an extension of our family. We understand the noise you feel with the hundreds of faceless different tire companies that treat you like a faceless number. And that is why we at Claro Tire Company have one of the largest repeat customer bases in Kern County for the last 77 years. Here's how we do it. When you come into Claro Tire, you're not just a number, you become family. We select the specific tire that's the safest for your family, your car, and your budget. We install your tires and give you an unconditional guarantee on your tires. Join the Claro Tire Company family at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield, California, or call us at 661-324-6069 or find us on our website at clarotire.com. That's C-L-E-R-O-U-Tire.com. Stop the feeling of faceless confusion from 100 different national tire stores. Join the family with the Claro Tire Company family. You'll be glad you did. Claro Tire Company, 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield, California. Or call us at 661-324-6069 or find us on our website at clarotire.com. That's C-L-E-R-O-U-Tire.com. I'm here with John Heydrich with MDVIP, and we're talking about... It, a very different kind of medical practice. And I want to take a moment and talk about your superpower. Why is being a good communicator important for you and your practice? Well, I'm a family physician. And in order to be a family physician, you need to be trained well. But ideally, you're communicating with your patient on a way, in a way that is promoting health. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? You have to get their buy-in. If they understand their situation, if they understand what's going on, if they know why we're doing this next test or why I have to go see this specialist or whatever, it all starts making sense. And you watch the light bulbs go off and the patients start getting better care because they're more engaged also. Mm. So the communication part is really key. If you have a doctor who doesn't communicate, they may be genius. But if you don't talk to their patient, I'm constantly having to interpret those test results for those doctors. 
They come in. They don't understand what that visit was about. I translate it for them into mm-hmm. common language. It's one of the things my wife particularly, who's the office manager here, says that I have uh, – patients constantly say I have a gift of – being able to translate complex medical stuff into things that they understand. Mm. And, the, and then you watch the patients and they buy into it. And it actually creates this loyalty. Uh, the practice that I'm doing is very unusual for Bakersfield. And it t- really took stepping out of the box to do this. And, and if I didn't have that ability to talk to my patients in a relaxed way, I don't think this thing would work. You know, it would, it's just much more effective all around if you if you communicate with people you know i'm paraphrasing albert einstein when i say this but he said something along the lines that the mark of true genius is the ability to make the complex simple and that sounds like what you do on a daily basis is taking very complicated medical sciences that are all written in latin that nobody understands and translating that into the common everyday vernacular that we all speak well, that's kind of the goal. Actually, I'm horrified that you're comparing me to <laughs> Albert <laughs> Einstein. But but um, l- let's just say, though, that it is. It's a very uh, – taking things and simplifying them, in it, this world is so complicated. And the changes that are coming in medicine are going to be even more complicated. And you're going to have to have a translator. Mm. Um, and that's kind of my role here. And – I have patients ask for sometimes rather absurd things. I had someone once ask me if I would do their hip replacement. And I go, well, I've been in on the surgeries as an assistant, but I don't. I'm not qualified <laughs> to, re- you know. But I trust you. Uh, well, I'm sorry. You know, no, I sent you to this doctor because the doctor is very good. Okay. But if the doctor is not communicating with the patient, the questions come up, is this guy as good as he should be? Right. And they may be a super doctor. So. I actually pick and choose that as well. I like to pick people that I know are going to communicate well or are very competent, people that I work with well. And it's not just that. I have other relationships in town here with other uh, medical-associated businesses, and they need to promote that business model. The the specialists that I use that really kind of get it and understand that my patients are looking for a higher level of service – that goes up on their end too now. Now my patient sees, hey, did you see what happened over there? I got really good care, and I've, I don't know if that would have happened otherwise. Your, your office has some pull over there. Well, it's my expectation. So. I think this is something that's key for business owners who are listening or Visionary Nation to, to understand on this is, is the level of expectation that you place upon yourself and your business and then being able to communicate it clearly what is going on in the expectation levels to your patients or customers is key, as well as, as you alluded to earlier, giving them a roadmap on their expectations on where things are going to start, where things are going to go, and how they're going to end up. As a small business owner, you are a visioneer, a pioneer with vision. But sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees. You know where you want to go, you know what you want to do and have, but you need a confidential second set of eyes to help you get there. Small Business Celebration can be those eyes. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session. See the forest through the trees, realize your vision. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session today. We're back with Dr. Heydrich, and what is the official term that we're supposed to be using to refer to MDVIP? Okay, well, MDVIP physicians are independent. 
So this is actually my practice. Mm -hmm. The members are MDVIP patients. And in order to get the benefits that I get to give you, you have to be a member here. And that's just fair. Okay. So I am an MDVIP affiliated physician. I don't work for an MDVIP company. This is my office. These are my employees. This is my business the way I want to run it. However, the company uses a lot of tools that will teach you how to use this model properly because it's very different than anything I had used before. And actually, I had to be taught a lot about how to be this kind of doctor. You're so busy running from room to room and bouncing off the walls that you're, you're going to have to slow down and let's focus on each patient and let's address it all. So, uh, f- well, for instance, when the company began, it started out of Florida, Mm. And it was created by a patient who was upset because the service that they were getting from their doctor's office was turning horrible. And they finally went to the doctor and said, what the heck is going on here? The doctor was frustrated. The patients don't like it. They created this model, and it quickly went across America. Um, When MDVIP started in Florida, it was bought out by Procter & Gamble and is now back under a different ownership, the company side. But the... The spread across the nation went to just about every state. And Californians were actually one of the last um, hmm. in, in exploring this. We invent ideas here, but we don't implement them. This hmm. is this is very big in, in concentrated areas, particularly seems like the south and the east coast and parts of the Midwest. This is much more accepted. Patients are very suspicious of these kind of practices. They don't realize I am the mo- I'm the biggest patient proponent out there. So this... The, the MDVIP model allows me to do testing. For instance, I use the Cleveland Clinic's lab test panels, and mm. these are the highest grade tests practically in the world. And I'm able to offer tests and review things and, and then give things at super discounts. And, and I'm, doing, I'm branching into all new areas as well. But uh, it's just been very exciting for me to be a doctor that has turned sort of cutting edge and uh, my patients love it. They definitely see a difference. When someone ever leaves here, there's probably an 80% chance they're going to come right back because they go out there and they go, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that's so exciting about being able to do the kind of practice that you do is to explore new medicine and keep up with the changes in medicine. And one of those things is the changes in gene therapy. And this is fascinating. And give us an example of what the direction that gene therapy is going and how your practice is benefiting from it. Well, okay, now I'm a family doctor. I'm not a molecular biologist. Mm -hmm. But if you want to be a doctor in the future, you might actually want to get a degree in molecular biology because this is going to be exploding. Mm. It is just now starting. So some of the things that are related to kind of what you're talking about, one is – I do uh, regularly, I can offer pharmacogenetics testing. This is using your genetic profile to customize medicines, determine how they work in you by how well you clear them out or maybe you don't clear them out, how to avoid drug interactions, how to avoid problems. Mm -hmm. And you can use that person's genetics and fix the problem. Hmm. And, And you can pick the correct medicine and avoid other health issues, you know, and, and try to avoid problems. Everybody hates taking medicine, so let's at least pick the right one. Right. So I can dial that in if I want. I also have viral and bacterial DNA identification testing that's not really part of MDVIP services, but it's available and it's picking up. And not too many doctors seem to know about this. And I can get an answer that would take a 
test culture result four or five days. I can get it overnight. Wow. You can also have I do, I'm doing gene markers for all kinds of different disease states and and uh, also for cancer genetics and things like this. So let's say uh, along the lines of kind of sort of what you're talking about is um, let's say there's a whole series of similar diseases, mm-hmm. cardiovascular arrhythmia disorders, where you have all of these breast cancer cases in your family, mm-hmm. and you kind of are scratching your head, what does this mean? Well, there are genetic markers now that are commercially available that used to be thousands and thousands of dollars, and now they're, you can run a huge panel with almost 100 tests and get a better um, assessment because you now actually have the gene that this person is carrying, and you can tell which defects they may have. Wow. It's opening a can of worms sometimes, so you've got to be very careful when you use it. But at the same so then time, you t- but, but at the same time, you have the ability with gene therapy to go in, and because you know that somebody's got a, a gene that is recessive or prone to some sort of disease or whatnot, you have the ability with gene therapy to start interjecting and and repairing uh, it. Okay, well this is this has been a theory mm-hmm. and and research concept until just recently. Mm-hmm. It's actually turning into reality. Okay, wow. and. We're talking about you're born with a disease mm-hmm. that is potentially fatal or debilitating or causes a huge disability. There are a whole number of these. You know, you've got um, cystic fibrosis, Tay-Sachs disease, and and uh, different kinds of anemia disorders, and sickle cell, and spinal muscular atrophy, and all kinds of other genetic disorders. These, these, all these complex terms are all genetic disorders that you're born with because there was one small defect. A tiny molecular change in your chromosome changes this whole disease. They're now having new technologies where you actually use a viral vector, where you take a virus, you insert the defective gene corrected sequence back into that virus, and now you can actually infuse this in the person and fix have the virus do the work for you. Deliver it and inject the chromosomal repaired piece back into your cell nucleus. Hmm. And then you repair the problem. Now, this is just now starting. But I got to tell you, the the genetic world, uh, the molecular biology and DNA science world mm-hmm. is probably the biggest thing that you're ever going to see in your lifetime from this point on. Um, it's becoming almost crystal clear that this is going to happen. I've heard it compared to the discovery of bacteria. That was wow. a pretty big one. Wow. So, you know, who knows what we're going to take with this. It's got a lot of potential. Um, it's the ability to offer people who had hopeless situations a, a, some really, a real hope to the situation. Can you imagine being able to figure out what disease you're prone to get? You have to be careful because there's a whole series of ethical dilemmas in doing this stuff. Right. You know, you don't want to start playing with genetics, and we don't play with people like we do playing a game of checkers. Right. So we're going to try to fix things, but you have to be careful. So a medicine is balancing this ethical science balance is is really being looked at carefully right now, and it should be. I'm here with Dr. John Heydrich of MDVIP, and we're talking about the medical business and the medical practice. And one of the things that is very interesting that you're very involved with is an organization called EAKC. And tell us a little bit about EAKC and why you decided to join that association. Well, EAKC is the Executive Association of Kern County. Mm -hmm. And so it is business owners. And it's Mm -hmm. a small business group. Mm -hmm. 
And I actually was in this years ago when I was in my former practice with the 6,000 patients. Mm. And it was a way to kind of mingle with other business owners and sort of see what's out there. But it was a way to actually get some business, too. Hmm. And it was helpful. But then my workload that I've made already, I mentioned, is turned into where I have to start every day now at 7 a.m. And the business meeting was at 7 a.m. So eventually I had to drop out because of necessity, because I can't do the things I want to do because I'm stuck with the medical realities of being in a rushed practice. Right. So now I'm in this practice. One of my patients who is in EAKC invited me to come take a look and come back. So I go, mm, sure, why not? I already know what it is. So I went in, I joined up, uh, and I kind of put the word out about what kind of practice I have. It's been very successful. I've got a ton of membership that are now patients in that group. But then I'm able to talk with people who are business owners all around town that are well-known, and they know what I do, and I know what they do because we all talk about it. Mm. And and um, it's a valuable business model. And I've always liked the fact that my favorite patient tends to be – I'd rather talk to the uh, sometimes the plumber than the CEO, mm. okay? And it's just – because I like real people too, but the nature <laughs> of this practice is it doesn't matter. I'll see anybody. Right. You can anyone who is has decided to join my practice is going to get the same level of care. Mm-hmm. And so EAKC just puts me in contact with some of these business owners, and you get some ideas from them, and we share. And um, that's been it's been a fun thing. It's a fun group, and it's been a, a great valuable thing for this area. I think more business owners should look into joining something like that. And one of the other organizations that you're speaking to shortly is the Rotary Club. And explain to our listeners why you chose to give a presentation to the Rotary Club. Well, it's kind of like my invitation to the EAKC group. One of my patients is in Rotary Club. Mm-hmm. And so I have, I've prepared a lecture that I think I'll be giving. I haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. But it's a similar thing. You have a a group that is a business owner's group that is shared values on whatever they want to promote for their business, and they have a mission statement. They try to follow it. But he said, you know, I think these people would like to hear this because your practice is so different. And this person who invited me has seen it firsthand. Mm. He's not talking about theoreticals, okay? So uh, it was just simply a practical thing of let's get another look at what somebody else is doing that's a little outside the box. It's a scary thing to do. I got to tell you, my <laughs> when I chose to do this, um, a, a patients that didn't understand quite what I was going to do. Why are you doing this? Well, the, you know, the burnout rate in medicine is incredibly high right now, and it's mm. very bad. It's just I don't know. I I talk to doctors who are frankly depressed about their career, mm. and and I could see I've got an option to do this, and I had toyed with the idea of joining into an MDVIP-affiliated practice for about um, how many years? I mean, two years I think it took. I finally came in, and it's really been the best thing ever. I've enjoyed it. My patients have enjoyed it. But they were nervous about joining the practice because there is a membership fee. It costs almost uh, $2,000 a year to be part of this practice on Mm -hmm. top of your insurance costs. We're in Bakersfield. This isn't Beverly Hills. Who in the world could afford that? Well, I can tell you, everyday ordinary people because that's who's in this practice. And right. we're, we're pretty much full right now. So, um, But it was very scary for me to make that leap, too. Mm. 
because mm-hmm. um, I'm putting all the chips on the table. I'm flipping out of, I physically moved out of a previous building mm-hmm. just down the way here and moved and started my own practice and had to turn it into what I want. And um, uh, the company is very good at interviewing and, and, and checking out doctors who might be interested in this who are actually uh, very successful but potentially maybe a little burned out because mm. before you bail out on being a doctor because you're so exhausted, um, maybe there's a better option for you. And I could see myself now working another 20 years. Mm. You know, I'm I'm 59 years old and and – 20 years, I'll be 79. Well, I, maybe I'll be that crusty old guy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the crusty old guy that everybody in town knows and uh, has been going to, and you start seeing patients, children, and their grandchildren, and in some cases their great-grandchildren all coming through your front door. That's Well, that's always what I've been, and mm-hmm. my patients have seen that. They like the fact that I seem to be a real guy, but I can talk the scientific stuff too. So Mm -hmm. it's been nice being both. With a practice that is successful like yours, and like you mentioned, is just about full, why would you go ahead and give presentations to the Rotary Club, and why do you still go ahead and belong to the EAKC, and why do you still go out there and promote the practice and the various advances in medicine? Well, because isn't that what we're supposed to do? Being a doctor is being a teacher, Mm. and it's kind of fun, and... Um, yeah, I may pick up some patients here and there. It's not really what I need. It's certainly not why I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing but, it? Um, because it is. It's it's interesting to watch the the lights go off in the people when you're talking to them, and they're like, "Wow!" And my question is, "Well, ask your doctor." You know, I mean, this stuff is available. Right. Um, the problem is, I think it's nice that doctors have this option to do what I'm doing, and it's not for everyone, but. I kind of think it is. It's just whether you chose to do it or not. Right. Everybody loves coming to this office, and I like to spread the wealth and just kind of let them know here's what we're doing. I have the best advertisement, okay, which is what? Nothing. My bad. My best advertisement is my patients. Right. They go out and they tell each other, and they, they kind of scratch their head like they're, yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, and no, really, this is what my doctor did. Yeah, uh-huh, sure. And – that's how I grew this and and uh, took it to a, quite a successful level. For our little Bakersfield practice is is one that I know the company nationally has looked at as kind of a leader, and it's it's a fun thing to do. We we just I'm part of a study that was um, including my patients who were in it for five years in in this using the lab work through the Cleveland Clinic on cardiovascular disease, mm-hmm. and they showed a dramatic nationally the lab markers on patients who come into these practices five years later they look 70 percent better wow okay and 70 percent reduction on anything is ridiculous and and these what the embarrassing part is in a way is these are a lot of these are my former patients and i'm now tuning them up even better wow and it i didn't know about these things sure one of the things that that i want to point out about this that is very, very interesting is that you were able to go through and see how your practice was before when you had 6,000 patients in your practice. And you were able to reevaluate what it was that your business was doing because you wanted to focus on what was important to you, your family, and your patients. And that self-analysis is what led you to MDVIP. And what suggestions would you give to other business owners and or 
or physicians that want to go ahead and take a look at their business that isn't doing what they want to do and change it for something else? Well, this this kind of business model it doesn't just start from scratch. It tends to take doctors who are successful already and are losing touch with why they did this in the first place. You're mm. supposed to be doing this because you have an interest in science, helping people, curing disease, stamping out horrible problems. Um, and if you're busy running and doing things in chaotic ways, you're never going to get there. And you can sort of start losing – you can't see where you're going. Mm-hmm. And if you're the, – the, the thing that I did is that I took my skills, my knowledge, my – previous experiences and I was able to then take a look at this and hone it down to what do I really want to do and it it is this model is prefer, preferably for somebody who is established in business and is changing into a better model it's not for somebody coming right out of training because it would be very difficult to try to convince your patients that this is worth doing because they don't even know you yet right um and so especially for established business owners, when you've got a an idea that you want to do it in a different way and better, what I'm doing is so incredibly different. Whoever would, would lose 90% of your business and improve it. Right. I, I actually right. did that. Right, right. And that that idea is not impossible. And it doesn't mean just medicine. I'm talking there's got to be other businesses out there that are just kind of paddling as fast as they can and they're not really feeling any satisfaction or getting the rewards for that right um when you do this and you make that step it decompresses your life i am healthier i sleep better my family i have more time with i'm able to get away and it's very important if you don't ever take a vacation you're going to burn out i don't care what you do right you've got to be able to get away and even if it's little weekend pieces where you're going to go on your two weeks to somewhere, it doesn't really matter. What do you like to do that decompresses you? And, you know, have take time for your hobbies. Take time with your family. Take time with whatever you need to do because it's healthy and you'll be a better business owner. You know, I always was amazed when I was running like crazy and you'd you'd – You'd watch like uh, I don't know, president goes on a jog every morning or something, and mm-hmm. you're like, "What? How could it? How can you have time to do that?" You make the time. They do it, and and they see that if I don't do this, I'll burn out too. Well, you know, is that what you want? Right, right. When you made the shift from your own uh, prior practice to MDVIP, was there a system or a mentor or a business coach that helped you with that transition and help you get your new practice started? Well, it actually would be impossible to do this without the MDVIP services and advice. The, so uh, you did so, have somebody coaching you? Oh, yeah. MDVIP. There was a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I uh, went through some initial questioning to try to see, is this something you're interested in? Will it be a, a fit for, for, are you interested in the model? The model's interested in you, whatever. You you start meeting with company people. You then go on a trip to the Florida headquarters, and you get to talk to the top people in the company. You get to see that this is real. I'll tell you what the crowning moment for me was, was when right before I had decided to jump off the cliff, and I, I actually said signed on, but I decided – I'm going to go – I got invited to go to the national conference, and I have never been in my life to a medical conference where 100 percent of the attendees are at all of the lecture sessions, mm. and they're all excited, and they're all happy, 
and they're all like not burned out and you're wondering what kind of Kool-Aid are they serving here? <laughs> and so, and I go, this is for real? Yes, it's real. Okay. And that was a big one. So then when I took my giant practice, um, they, they actually give you support services on site. There are managerial people that work there. There are people on site to help talk to your patients about what this model is mm-hmm. to get them to decide, should I, should I go with this doctor to this new thing or not? That's your choice, but you need education. So they they give them the information. Then I meet with the patients individually. I gave some big presentations. And then you have a final opening day, and bam, bam, here we go. And you open up with a number and just try to do whatever you want with it from there. You can't do that. That all took a lot of time. It's practically like having another full-time job. Mm. And to try to do that on your own without any support wouldn't work out. Right. So... But at it's, the same time, you did go through the, the having the secondary job, as it were, to go and have the benefits of having significantly fewer patients and more time and more freedom and more ability to learn and do the practice that you want to do. Yeah, well, that's it was it was a challenge. It, not only was I still seeing patients, mm-hmm. I was transitioning into my new role. I was helping to design and remodel this office that was not looking anything as nice <laughs> as it does now. Um, and and I was having to reapply as a separate corporation. As a doctor, you have to reapply to every insurance company, Medicare, and all this all over again. I've been with you guys for almost 30 years. Now give right. me a break. <laughs> um, nope, you got to reapply to everything. And it, that workload, it was a little overwhelming. But the payout came once it all sort of settled down and my patients are here and they're like sticking around they could have left if this wasn't worth doing how many people stick with something for five years and don't leave if it's not worth doing what would be one important takeaway that you would give our listeners that would help their business today as far as what you have learned from going from your prior practice to this one well i think the biggest thing is that it there's an idea that if you grow the company bigger and make your practice bigger in my case and just branch out to all over the place, is that really satisfying? Because you might have bigger numbers, you might have more money, you mm-hmm. might have more control over things, but it isn't always the best thing. And if you're in a field that is customer service-based, now what's more customer service-based than a doctor and the patient relationship? Right. Okay, so you want to enhance that. So my patients are able to support this model, and they encourage it. I don't have to do it. So I, getting back to like, well, what, what would I suggest to someone else is just look at the whole picture here. If, if you're happy and you want to grow your business to be huge, and that's the goal, that might be great for the numbers sheet. But are you going to be happy with this? Just be careful what you do. You might bite off more than you can chew. You you got to control your growth, and, and and it's very important. I did step by step. I started actually at Kaiser, and hmm. I was the head of family practice at Kaiser for five years, and it was a huge leap going into private practice. Seventeen years later, I jumped into this thing. So that's that's a long time to right. have to do this. So right. you're you're pushing into all of the different. Um, areas in medicine that that and this gives me the opportunity to do different things that I could never do if I hadn't done this. And I think p- 
people out there probably have this. If you let's say you have mine's kind of a niche market. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're a business owner in something and it's a little broad, but you have something that you're really good at. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes honing it down and let's just focus on that one thing, especially if you see big potential in the future. And long term this is going to turn out to be a good thing. It's a very scary thing. You may end up having to throw away big chunks of your business that you're not going to be doing anymore. It's not part of it. And But your reward may be that you just picked up the gem that, that is the thing that you should be doing. So um, and I, everybody's different. Everybody knows their own business. But there's probably something you really like to do. What is it? Figure it out, hone in on it, and go for it. Excellent. And for those that are interested in getting in touch with you, how what's the best way that they can do that? Well, I mean, I'm obviously... You could look up John Heydrich and MDVIP. If you just put MDVIP Bakersfield, you'll probably pop me up. There is one other doctor in town doing this, Dr. Stephen Chen, mm-hmm. and he's— And that's online he, on the website. Yeah, so there's a website access, but, I mean, we're on all of—you call your doctor's office. So it's not that hard to get a hold of me, um, and I and I have great staff. So if, the, if people have questions about something, my staff knows everything— Really, what I, everything I've told you here, I think they could say the same thing. They've seen their lives improve. They know the business model. They're able to – really, I couldn't do this without my staff. Yeah, that's really important. If you have good staff that takes your idea and implements it, okay, and do it the right way. And I think that's what we've done here. I, I, we, I constantly receive compliments on how we run our business. So – and that, and I can't. I wish I could take credit for it. A lot of it goes to my wife and my my staff and everybody who works here. And but they allow you to have the freedom to do what you do best, which is communicate and give good, solid quality medicine. Well, and that's what the back to the communication part. You know, it requires being able to communicate with your staff um, from the business side of just operations in the office. I've empowered them that they have pretty much kind of flexible hours if they we know what the job is and how to do it and we know what needs to be done and uh, there is another doctor's office in town that lets them have that level of flexibility Uh, because you just can't you're running a factory i don't want to run a factory you've honed down the business from your prior prior practice into what's important and you've identified what was important and you keyed things down and even though it was a little bit of a struggle at the beginning having a you know a practice plus another full-time job the benefits are definitely worth it and you're able to hone it down and focus on what's important so that you're having a very solid and satisfying career in business and uh, enjoy all the trappings that go with it well and and I think anybody should remember that you're going to make mistakes and you're going to do things that you would have done differently along the way but you just keep your your face forward and move toward the goal and once you cross the goal line you're you've got it <laughs> very good well dr heidrick thank you for being on the small business celebration podcast and sharing your wisdom and, and insight to visionary nation and we thank you well thanks for having me i've been asked who is a visioneer A visioneer is a small business owner who's a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. 
Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Become a visioneer by joining the Tribe on Small Business Celebrations Facebook page and on Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you may find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. And that's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. If there is a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I am your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.